The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hey, Chad Villets, 205. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Well, here we are. After 40 days of campaigning, it comes down to today across the country. Canadians are streaming to the polls to elect MPs to serve in Canada's 43rd Parliament. All indications suggest tonight is going to be much different from election night 2015, where before polls had closed in much of the country, signs were already pointing to a Liberal victory. Do you remember that night? We watched a a sea of red envelop Atlantic Canada where all 32 ridings went to the Liberals. Big question is what's going to happen there tonight? Could those ridings swing back to the Conservatives? Of course, then Ontario is going to pay a big, play a big role in tonight's outcome. There are many swing ridings there. And the four main party leaders held more than 100 campaign events in that province. The two major parties, as you know, we've been talking about it for the past number of weeks, have really struggled to move the needle uh, this election campaign. Now, throughout uh, the past few weeks and up until the most recent Ipsos poll conducted last week, the Liberals and Conservatives have been almost always statistically tied and many are expecting a a close finish with a minority government. It could come down to ridings where the polls close late in BC and Yukon. There are 338 seats up for grabs for a majority. You need 170 of them. Um, So just so you know, a disillusion, the Liberals had 177, the Conservatives had 95. The NDP had 39, the Bloc had 10, the Green Party had 2, and the People's Party had 1. How is this all going to shake out? What would a minority government look like? Here's political scientist Dwayne Bratt. We don't know how it's actually going to play out until we get a full sense of the seat distribution um, and how many parties are in there. So if you have a situation where there is a 20 to 30 seat advantage for either the Liberals or the Conservatives, that's one thing. But if it's in single digits, then you start to look at other parties. Uh, And in that case, the Tories are in trouble because it's tough for them to find a dance partner in the other parties. Likewise, we could have a situation where two parties combined doesn't equal a majority and it will require more. So until we know the final results tonight and it's going to be late in the evening, we're going to have to wait for the BC numbers to roll in uh, before we really have a sense. And then there could very well be post-election negotiations uh, between the parties. So it's going to be interesting to say the least. There are three Liberal candidates trying to hold on to their seats in Alberta and it's going to be a struggle. There are 34 seats in in Alberta. I think the Conservatives are going to hit at least 32, most likely 33, and quite possibly 34. I think the most interesting riding in the whole province is Edmonton Strathcona, Mm -hmm. which is a three-way fight. It's been a traditional NDP riding, but the federal NDP is not particularly popular in Alberta, so the Liberals are hoping to get those progressive voters, and the Conservatives are hoping for a vote split that allows them to come up the middle. So watch Strathcona. It's probably the most 
most interesting riding in Alberta. Yeah, we'll be taking a closer look at that coming up. So about 4.7 million Canadians voted in advance polls over Thanksgiving weekend. I uh, don't know about you. Have you voted already today? I did vote this morning on the way into work. It was busy at my uh, polling station in West in the West End today, but it was quick. It was, you know, in and out, but there was a steady stream of, of people uh, going into uh, the church. The party, the party leaders uh, have spent uh, the day casting their ballots, but the weekend was full of last-minute campaigning. Uh, Conservative leader Andrew Scheer told supporters in West Vancouver that this election, in this election, B.C. is going to make the difference and stressed it would come down to every last vote. It is going to come down to every single last vote, every single riding. B.C. will make the difference this election campaign. We have run a fantastic campaign, a positive campaign full of ideas. Our platform is all centered on making life more affordable, helping Canadians reach their dreams and their goals, putting more money in their pocket, getting government spending under control so that we stop the endless Trudeau deficit. And we know what the choice is tomorrow. The choice is a costly coalition that Canadians cannot afford between the NDP and the Liberals. The massive deficits and the tax hikes that will go along with it. Or a Conservative majority government. A government that lives within its means so we can get back to balanced budgets, so we can lower taxes, make life more affordable, put more money in your pockets so Canadians can get ahead. That's the choice tomorrow. So that was Conservative leader Andrew Scheer this weekend in B.C. and all of the leaders spent some time in B.C. Uh, Trudeau made a stop in Calgary on Saturday night. Uh, he was supporting the candidate uh, for the writing of Calgary Skyview there. In his closing remarks, he called on supporters to rally. So in the coming days, two days left. We need to keep pushing hard. We need to be having those great conversations with our neighbours and our friends. And we all need to get out to vote. And we need to vote Liberal so we can together continue to choose forward. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau in Calgary on on Saturday night and NDP leader Jagmeet Singh telling reporters this weekend that he has no regrets about the type of campaign he has run. I don't know, I don't really have any regrets. We we ran a campaign that that was true to to who I am and that always feels good. It was based on people, which is the only reason why, why we're in this, why we're in this. And it has been about really giving people hope and, and folks have felt that. A lot of people come up to me and tell me, you know what, I, I feel hope again. I feel like there's someone out there that's fighting for me. And that to me has been uh, one of my greatest honours. So we will have full coverage of um, Decision Canada starting right here at uh, 6 o'clock. Uh, and we'll be covering it right until... We know what is going on. Um, the leaders uh, spent, you know, the day in uh, in uh, mostly their, their their home writings. A Liberal leader, uh, Justin Trudeau, didn't speak to reporters as he cast his ballot this morning. Um, the People's Party of Canada leader, Maxime Bernier, cast his ballot in St. George, Quebec, and he told reporters that he hopes that voter turnout will be high across the country. Uh, Conservative leader Andrew Shears casting his ballot today in Regina. Green leader Elizabeth May cast hers in Sydney, B.C. 
BC. And um, NDP leader uh, Jagmeet Singh voted in an advance poll. So how are you feeling today? Are you glad it's almost over? Are you worried about what tomorrow might bring? Are you worried about... Um, what kind of government we're going to wake up with tomorrow. Let me know at 6.30, 6.30. Would love to hear from you. Did you vote? And if you're not, you can tell me why as well. As I mentioned at uh, my voting uh, station this morning, it was really, really busy. And uh, the workers had said it had been quite busy there all day. So we'll take a break here. When we come back, we've got lots of election coverage this afternoon for you. Uh, When we come back, we're going to uh, dial up Gregory Jack. He is the um, vice president of Ipsos. And we'll kind of take a look at the polling over the past 40 days and what that could mean after tonight. All right. Uh, Throughout the last 40 days and up until the most recent Ipsos poll conducted last week, the Liberals and Conservatives have almost always been statistically tied. What can we expect to see tonight in terms of results federally and here in Alberta? We're joined by Gregory Jack, the vice president at at Ipsos. Hi, Gregory. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Hello. Can you hear me okay? I can, yeah. Okay, awesome. So um, I guess first off, uh, as we take a look at maybe this last-minute uh, snapshot, what can you tell us? What, what can and what can we not report on when it comes to polling here? Well, we, we came out of the field uh, and released the poll that you were just talking about yesterday, so yeah. we can certainly talk about that. Uh, that was showing a absolute statistical tie between the two parties. So we had the Conservatives at 31 or 33 and the Liberals at 31. Mm. Uh, this really tells us, you know, Canadians are divided. They have not made up their minds. And, uh, you know, we might find a lot of people walking into that polling booth and, and making a, a decision as they uh, as they walk in. So we're finishing up pretty much the same way as we started. And so what does that tell you about um, not being able to move the needle about about issues, about, you know, the candidates not connecting with the, with the well, voters? It tells me a few things. I think neither major party uh, connected with the voters, as you point out. Uh, We did see some movement um, from the NDP and the Bloc Quebecois during the campaign. Mm -hmm. And so that tells me that those smaller parties were connecting with voters more than the major ones. Um, You know, as to the issues, there there wasn't a great deal of discussion about the issues in this campaign. It really felt like it was a discussion about the leaders. We had a number of personal scandals for both Mm -hmm. uh, the Liberal and the Conservative leader. And so that was really what the tone of the campaign was. We, we saw in our polling that climate change was seen to be the second most important issue to voters, uh, but we didn't have a lot of talk about that. Healthcare yeah. was most important, almost no talk of that. So it's really been a referendum on the leaders. Well, and, and healthcare is a tricky one, right? Because it's, it's, it's really more of a, a provincial uh, issue, you know, but yeah, healthcare, uh, you know, people want to hear and talk about healthcare, but you're right, absolutely nothing or very little was, was talked about except for you know, the pharmacare and, and some transfer payments. What does it look like across the country? I mean, I remember sitting here um, in 2015 and, and watching kind of that, that red wave sweep across um, Atlantic Canada when the, when the polls closed there. When you, when you look at it, there's, there's a real divide, isn't there? An east-west divide um, with, um, with, with support for these parties. Absolutely. There's there's a divide right at the Manitoba border uh, where, you know, west of that and Manitoba and west, we're seeing strong conservative support and east of that, we're seeing stronger liberal support. Hmm. We could be in for a, for a long night tonight if the numbers, uh, you know, come out the way that our polls are showing. Voter turnout is going to be absolutely key. 
But uh, looking across the country, you know, pay a lot of attention to Quebec and whether the block translates that into seats. Pay a lot of attention to Ontario and the 905-416 area. And then in, in British Columbia, we almost have a three-way tie between yeah. uh, the NDP, the Liberals, and the Conservatives. So it could be a very long night. Well, yeah, Let's. I just want to go back to Atlantic Canada. Uh, the Liberals took um, all of the seats there in, in 2015. They're going to need to hold on uh, to to a majority of those. What what is What's the polling look like, or what had the numbers uh, look like out there as far as where support was going? We're seeing stronger support for the Liberals in Atlantic Canada, uh, and that shifted sometime around August. We started to see that creeping up. Hmm. But we also see a lot of support for the Green Party in that yeah. area. Um, you'll remember PEI, uh, the Green Party, almost won the provincial election. That's so right. You're, you're right, the Liberals are going to have to hold it. The, the best they can do is hold on to what they did last time. They can't do any better than sweeping. And so, you know, Atlantic Canada will be a really early indicator to us what kind of night the Liberals are going to have. If they really lose a lot of seats or if they manage to hang on to the most of the seats that they won in 2015. We have seen, or at least uh, we've certainly been talking about what seems to be the resurgence of the Bloc Québécois. They had uh, 10 seats at Dissolution. Um, now, you know, there, there's talk of a lot more and that could be a, a real uh, hit for the Liberals and, and the NDP. Um, where, where, where's that support coming from? The Liberals and the NDP, <laughs> possibly? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I think it's coming from a few places. Definitely from the NDP, um, although we did see, you know, the, the NDP ran a pretty good campaign in the latter half, but uh, I don't know whether that's going to translate into enough votes for them to hold those seats. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Green Party was sort of seen at the beginning of this campaign as the none of the above party, the one that Canadians wanted to look at to kick the tires and see if they could support them given their dissatisfaction with the major parties, mm-hmm. the Bloc picked up that mantle midway through the campaign. Mm. And a lot of Quebecers started to to return to the Bloc and, and, and really take a look at them. Now, in Quebec, there's a good chance uh, of some strategic voting because sentiment out there is not strong for the Conservatives. And some Quebecers may return to the Liberals to stop a Conservative government. Mm. But we'll see what happens. Interesting. Okay, Ontario in the past, it's always seemed, you know, where Ontario goes, um, uh, the government goes. The numbers there have been uh, interesting to watch as well. That all-important 905 area code. Um, and there's a number of swing, swing writings there as, as well. So that's going to be fascinating to watch, isn't it? Oh, yeah. No, Ontario is absolutely critical. Uh, typically, the 905 votes in a block. They elected Doug Ford. Uh, they helped elect Mr. Trudeau last time. If that starts to fracture and you start to see some seats going conservative, some seats going liberal, could make for an interesting night. And I mm-hmm. think if the liberals drop below 60 seats in, in Ontario, they're going to have a serious problem on their hands as we move further west. Okay. Um, BC, you touched on, on BC and, and what's happening out there. I mean, the numbers there, the, the parties seem what, all sitting around 25%, wasn't it? Yeah, it's between 25 and 33, I believe. And, you know, we have the Conservatives ahead at 33, but almost within the margin of error there. Hmm, okay. What was it, um, you know, when it came to... I, I don't think any of the leaders really captured anybody's attention like really um you know maybe if you were undecided um they weren't doing a great job in 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 swaying anybody what was it um you know there was a lot of talk about uh, elizabeth may and the green party and that just kind of seemed to have fizzled out uh, a little bit there what are your thoughts there yeah i think that's absolutely true i think um the green party didn't run as strong a campaign as they could have uh, some of that support did dip as the campaign went on, and people started to look at Jagmeet Singh instead mm-hmm. and say, 
you know, where was this guy before? Exactly. The other, the other disadvantage Elizabeth May has is, you know, she's not a fresh face. Um, yeah. You look at the party leaders, other than Elizabeth May and Mr. Trudeau, they're all new. Mm-hmm. And so um, she's, you know, we've, we've already seen Elizabeth May and what she's about. And I think uh, maybe some Canadians were, were looking to see some new options. So that might have also affected their, their ability to really capitalize on their early momentum. Well, I think it's going to be interesting um, if, uh, in fact, it is a minority government to see um, <laughs> next time we go to the polls in a couple of years. Um, who the leaders are going to be because yeah you know i i'm wondering what's what's you know what happens tonight do, do people step down um will people be able to to hang on uh i i think it's there's there's so many variables about this making it one of the most exciting uh election nights to watch i think in recent memory yeah no there's there's going to be as i said if uh if things go the way the numbers are showing it could be a long night and as to the leaders you know, um, we'll have to see what happens. Mr. Martin stepped down in 2006 uh-huh. when he lost to Mr. Harper. Um, you know, interesting to think about how the Harper years would have been potentially different had he not done that. Mm. I'm sure that, you know, if, if a conservative minority emerges, you know, Mr. Trudeau might be thinking about that. And and if a liberal minority emerges, does Mr. Scheer feel the pressure to uh, yeah. to give way? If a, if a leader steps down in that scenario, of course, that also creates a situation where the party has to have a leadership race, yeah. and that can prolong the life of a minority government. Okay. So if it, if it feels like it's, it's not a firm uh, government, I would expect all the leaders to at least stick around until they can see whether this parliament can work. Gregory Jack joining us this afternoon again. Thank you for all of your uh, your insight during this campaign. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care. Uh, Gregory Jack, the Vice President of uh, Ipsos uh, Canada Public Affairs there. So your thoughts coming in on the text line this afternoon. Um, at a slave leg, the Greens had a chance to break away from fringe party status they've held for so long. The problem is that they still have a fringe candidate as their leader. This text from Edmonton. Just voted federally. I traditionally tend to vote conservative. I did vote liberal in 2015 for the first time. I personally like and trust both my conservative and liberal candidates, but have come to believe nothing. I've come to have nothing but disgust and distrust distrust for both party leaders. Their conduct through the election has been appalling. I voted federally for the NDP as a protest vote due to the conduct of their leader. Interesting, that one out of Edmonton today. This one says, I'm a proud Albertan and under Trudeau's leadership, I'm embarrassed to be a Canadian. And um, this one says, probably going to be a minority government. And as soon as the government has its first sitting, it'll probably be brought down with no confidence vote and then back to the voting booth. Um, I am incredibly scared, says this text at a boil. If the NDP and the Liberals form a coalition, Canada's in trouble. Actually, we will be doomed. Those two parties will destroy Canada and our lives. If you love yourself and your family and your heritage, uh, you should take your vote elsewhere. Okay, that's uh, lots of things coming in on the text line this afternoon at 6.30, 6.30. Keep them coming. Uh, we'll continue our coverage this afternoon as well, we're going to take a break here uh, for the 2.30 News. Tom Vernon, the provincial affairs reporter with Global Edmonton and uh, Global Calgary, uh, is going to join us in studio next. We'll uh, we'll take a cl- close look at, uh, you know, a little bit closer to home. Plus, he's been traveling with the NDP leader over the past few days. We'll, we'll hear about that and much more right after this. In-depth debate. Informed discussion. 
This is Decision Canada on the Chorus Radio Network. 